real talk. I want you to imagine that you are on your deathbed. Like, yeah, we're going there right now. Like, this is it. You're on that deathbed. You know your time is about to end here. And you get the opportunity to reflect back on your life. Would you be proud of how you have shown up up until this point? Or would you have some regrets about some things that you haven't done? Would you? So the reason I'm bringing this up is because, man, I've been thinking about this stuff so much. I think the whole my husband hiking the Appalachian Trail stuff going on this journey, um, following this dream, and so many people telling him, you know, like, ah, that's my bucket list, or I wish I could have done that. I would love to do that. And I just think then, why is that not being prioritized? You know, if that's something that you really would love to do, or I wish it's like after the fact, like I wish I could have done that in my life. And then you think like, well, why didn't you prioritize that if that was something that was so interesting to you, right? And then you think about it, and I bet you it's because the time was given to other things that maybe weren't as important. I mean, some of them probably held huge value, right? For thinking one specific person, maybe their family, things like that. But I bet you there was a lot of other time given to things that they didn't really want to give their time to, but they kind of just did because they felt like they had to. Or they felt like they didn't want to disappoint someone, right? So I think that's a lot of what's happening when we don't prioritize our time to follow through on the things that really matter to us or our dreams, whatever those are. And sometimes it's not as big as like a dream of like, I'm going to take months off and hike the Appalachian Trail 2,200 miles from Georgia to Maine or whatever, right? Not everybody wants that, rightfully so, because that is tough. And he just finished. He finished, guys. Um, So there's been a gap between episodes, if you've been listening, which I didn't like at all, but I'm just keeping it real with you. A lot of stuff has been happening. I'm going to go deeper into what's been going on. So you'll totally understand. But my hubs, Ian, did finish the Appalachian Trail. I summited with him his final mountain in Mount Katahdin in Maine. Man, was it freaking tough. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting it to be so technical, like climbing up there. I have a whole other story I can talk to you about, like what happened going down. And long story short, I've never been so scared in my life. Like tears, borderline panic attack shaking all the things that happened related to the end of the hike. But I am one proud wife that my husband achieved that dream that was so important to him. Like, I'm so proud of him. He learned so much about life, like being out there. I'm going to share some of that wisdom here too. But before I go into like some of those stories, um, I want to go back to what I was talking about around reflecting back on your life and really just checking in with yourself. Like if you were to pass right now, would you be proud of how you showed up? Or would there be any regrets? And it usually like things that might be of regret, like I said, might not be the bigger dreams. It could be things like how you handled your relationships, um, what you did for your career, because maybe it wasn't something that you really loved or you didn't make the effort to pursue something that really meant a lot to you for you to do every day. Maybe you just settled in that. 
you know, um, or maybe you settled for a relationship that just freaking sucked, just keeping it real, like where you were not treated the best, you know, or maybe you settled for a health that wasn't optimal because you just gave up prioritizing taking care of yourself. Like this is stuff that we need to really think about, like, are we really living our lives in the ways that we really want to be? So it's just been coming up for me so much. And I I was like, what is going on here? Like, I feel like there's these signs. So you're going to hear kind of probably a theme coming up here related to time and being intentional with it. I mean, that's what this whole show is about. Um, but I want to give you I have some announcements before we get farther into some stories that I think I think you're really going to want to listen to. So stay tuned after these announcements. So in a nutshell, we're on season two of the Intentional Mind podcast. I decided that after 100 episodes, I was going to shift into a second season, shift things up a little bit. The changes that I want to bring and add are number one, mini episodes. So you will still have your typical 30, 45 minute episodes, but you're going to see a lot more mini episodes. These are short episodes, probably around 10 minutes or so. Something that you can listen to super quick. Like let's say you're just going outside for a walk break. Then you can get this little shift in energy listening to something. There's all this little bits of wisdom of things where I'm like, oh, this would be so good to chat about. But it's not like I don't need 30, 45 minutes to talk about it. I feel like it can really help you with just a little chunk of time. So I'm going to add that to the show, the mini episodes. Um, So you're going to see more of those. I'm going to try to do one about every week. Maybe there's a bonus ones here and there. Who knows? But you're just going to see more of those. So you can expect that. Um, You're going to hear from more guests. And I want people to come on the show. A lot more people that are your everyday people. Like homegirl who is out there maybe doing work that she doesn't really like right now, but she is going after her dreams and making things happen. Like that girl, like your neighbor kind of girl. You know, so those kinds of people I want you to hear from. I don't know who's, hold on one second. People are messaging me. All right, I'm back. And I ain't, I ain't even going to edit that because this is real life. So, um... So that's, yeah, that's the announcements. I've been MIA with all this whole life stuff. So I'll tell you what happened recently that even more solidified why we really need to be talking about this. Like it just came to my awareness. So I'm curious if you have ever witnessed someone taking their last breath, like had been beside someone when they passed. I know some of you have, and I know you have with some people that meant a lot to you or maybe in the fields that you're working in, all the things. I have never experienced that until a couple days ago. So uh, a couple days ago, as of this recording, my husband got a call saying that his grandma was, you know, just having a hard time, like really spacey, clammy, just acting really out of it. So they brought her to the ER And um, they pretty much said very quickly that this was going to be it. Like, this is her day. And everything was pretty much shutting down in her body. So um, we, after my work day, because it was about that time, we ended up leaving. And this is like two, not even two nights of being in my house. And I've just been like on the road nonstop, guys. We drove from after Ian summited 
in Maine. We drove from Maine all the way to Canada, Niagara Falls, and like did our whole long road trip. And I was working the whole time from all these different places. And then I come home and it's like, I'm like, I just want to be in my home. You know, I want the sense of groundedness happening. And then bam, this happens. So, um, and then we're leaving soon for these trips. So it feels like, oh man, like, of course, there's not a convenient time for things to happen, right? Ever, ever. And that's what we're learning in our life is like a lot of us are waiting for things to be the right time for us to work on certain things or do X, Y, Z thing that we want to do. But the reality is there's never going to be a like the best time where everything's all working out great and you know you're like the ideal schedule is happening like that doesn't happen like life happens right so how do we like still be intentional with the flow of the things that are happening so okay back to the story of the grandma we so we drive out there we go to the hospital immediately walk into the hospital room there's the whole family around his grandma she's not responsive at this point so um, immediately I just like start like crying and I was like I had my mask on. I'm trying to like wipe my tears with my mask. And the thing is, is she's 90 years old. So blessed life, lived until 90. And uh, she would be the first to say I lived a really good life. Like she's been saying that a lot actually recently. Like I had a really good life. And that's really got me thinking too. It's like, would I say that? Would I be saying that like at the end of it all? And like, I feel like overall I'm blessed. I have been living a good life, but just like you, there's things in my life that I would we have regrets around if I didn't do. And I've been thinking a lot about that. So all this stuff is triggering it for me. So anywho, we're, we're in the hospital. The rest of the family wanted to take a break. So they end up leaving because they had been there all day. And um, they still had to go to attend to life stuff that was happening. And it was me, Ian, my husband, and my mother-in-law. And we're all just still there around the bed. And the nurse comes in and she looks at Ian's grandma. And she's like, you know, I don't think it's going to be much longer based on the signs that I'm seeing with her breathing and other things. And Ian's Ian's aunt. So... His grandma's daughter, who she had three daughters, one of them was on her way to the hospital, but she was states away. So it was she wasn't going to be there until the next morning. And she was trying to rush to get there so she could see her mom, you know, of course. And um, so the nurse was like, you know, I really think that you guys should call her and maybe just put her on speakerphone. Let her say whatever she wants to say and Although, you know, she's not responsive, usually that's the last thing to go is like the hearing. So she may be able to hear her. So um, they call her and she gets on the phone and she starts, you know, telling her how much she loved her. And um, I wish I could be there with you and, you know, all the stuff like, mom, I love you and just freaking sad stuff in a nutshell and that just like tore me up because it was like, you know, I w- yeah, I wish I could be there with you and I'm sorry and all that stuff and just telling her how much she loved her. And right when that happened, when she heard her voice, I was watching her body language and she was not responsive at all. There was a shift, like a movement that she did, almost like a, like 
like a little gasp kind of thing. And that didn't happen before. So I was like, I really believe that she heard her. And as soon as she got off the phone with her, everything went downhill. Like the breathing, there was long gaps between the breaths. The monitors were going with the respiratory rate. We kept dropping lower, lower. And then finally it got to zero. And then shortly after, the heart went down to zero too. So, and then she had officially passed. So in that room was me, Ian, and his mom. And um, I got to watch my husband just handle that, like, because he was very close to his grandma. So, like, he was holding her hand through the, while she laid there and um, just telling her how good of a grandma that she was and telling her stories about memories that he had and how when he was hiking the Appalachian Trail, he, she loved ice cream, like, hardcore loved ice cream. And he was talking about how he would eat like a quart and a half of ice cream a day. No joke. Anytime that that boy got a chance to eat like tons of ice cream, he could like totally eat it and still eat massive amounts of meals because you just have like this hiker hunger. Like when you're moving around for 12 hours or so a day up hills carrying weight, you could eat anything and you like need that energy, you know. So anyways, that was happening. So he was telling her stories about that and things like that. And, you know, he cried and that was hard for me to see like his sadness but at the same time there was something that was so like I was so grateful that I got to see this and be there for this end of life experience because she you know everything shut down in one day 90 years old blessed freaking life so much love and support there all around and one day everything just shut down and that was end that was the end but as I was watching her take her last breath, breath, I was thinking, you know, is her life flashing before her eyes right now? Is she seeing her life? You know, is what does she think about it? Is she proud of how she lived? Is there any regrets? Like what's happening now? So all that stuff was coming up for me. And then when this was done, um, you know, after she had passed and everything and the next day and I was talking to Ian about things and just I had mentioned about like my thoughts around like my own life. And I was like, you know, like, because I think like if I was to pass now, I was like, there would still be so many things that I wish I would have been able to do that I finished that I did. Like I honored my time, you know, in different ways. And so it's just like I want you guys to know, like I teach this stuff. Okay, like. I am all about being intentional with your time. I help people transform their life and careers every freaking day and live more in alignment with who they want to be. And I still am doing the work in my life because this is a never-ending process. Some of my biggest dreams have became a reality. Like I'm standing in my lake house right now. That was a dream of mine. I get to do work right now. That was a huge dream of mine. Right. I get to I'm married to an amazing man. That was a dream of mine. So there's all these dreams that have come to be. But constantly in my life, I'm evaluating where I'm like, wait, is like this how I want to use my time? Is this in alignment with my vision of who I want to be this season too? That's something you need to think about. A couple um, sessions that I did today, coaching sessions that I did were focused on specifically time stuff where people wanted me to help them be intentional with their time because they felt like they weren't able to do the things that they wanted to because things were crazy busy all this other stuff happened they were not expecting to happen 
So that's when we stop and we're like, okay, now we need a new vision for the season. What are the priorities for the season? Because maybe you can't follow through on your typical, normal, ideal, best life routine because craziness is happening, whatever that is for you or your family. And it's just not normal situations. So then with what is happening, considering the environment now, what are the priorities now and how can you still carve out time to make progress on the things that are most important to you or at least have your time for yourself? One of my clients recently said that she didn't even have time in the morning for her coffee, for the five minutes of having coffee like by herself, that quiet moment. And if that's happening in your life, because I've been there too, it's like that moment just for yourself. It's like, okay, we got to we gotta check. Check ourselves before we rock ourselves because what are we doing in our lives? What's priorities here? Because how can you love other people well the way a lot of us want to if we're not even loving ourselves well? How does that work? If we're not even taking care of our own energy. And sometimes you have to advocate to take care of your own energy and your own life and what it is you need. Like even in our work, it's like sometimes we have to set the boundaries around like maybe you person, whoever you are, think it's normal to work a gazillion hours and give everything of yourself, but that's not the life I want. And maybe you're even someone like me where I think I don't want to work a normal 40 hour like week the way my life is, the what, what I want for my life and the freedom. And like someone else would be like, what? That's insane. Like that's normal what people do. Like that's cool like to place the judgment around whatever people want to place the judgment or their judgments at and throw their stones and all the things. That's fine. But that's not the life I want. And I have to advocate for my vision for it to be reality. Right? And I have to have some of those difficult conversations. And my clients do this all the time with negotiation stuff around what they want to make, around how they want their schedule to be. Because this is the thing, if you don't design the life you want, someone else does it for you. And it's not always in your best interest. And it's not because they're malicious. It's not always that. It's because they have their agenda in mind. So they're thinking about what's best for them. But you got to also be thinking about you, you know? So this makes me think about, you know, the top regret of the dying. I talk about this all the time from Bronnie Ware's research. I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And I just keep thinking about that. Like, you know, like on the deathbed, is my life going to flash before my eyes? Or is it going to be the life that everybody else wanted me to live? And sometimes, guys, this is like hard. This is hard stuff. Sometimes it's not just like work crap. Sometimes people that we love so much that want us to do something else with our time. And we're like, but if I'm all like for me, keeping it real, my husband loves traveling. So do I. So do I. But the thing is, is that when I give all my free time to all the travels and all of that stuff that my husband wants to do, and even what he wants to do on the weekend, there's no time for me to write, to create stuff, to put out into the world, to follow my other dreams. That that doesn't happen. It's not a malicious thing from his end. He just thinks, I want to do this and come go do this with me, right? It's up to me to make it a priority for my dreams to come true, just like it is for you. And there will never be a perfect time. 
where everything's flowing right. When we think about, you know, um, being intentional with our schedule and you make this like ideal version of your schedule, never in the history of me working for people with people in the past decade or so coaching people one on one. Have I ever seen someone who followed through with their ideal schedule in one week? Like ideally what they wanted to happen. They did all the things they wanted to do. No, they did not. I've never seen that happen. But I think it's important to be intentional about what it is you ideally would like to happen. So when we think about the brain, because that's what we do here, is we, we think about how the brain works. We know that the brain itself does not like to do stuff if it feels really hard and it's not normal to what we've been doing, right? So this is the thing. A lot of us try to start so big when we make changes. We're like, oh, I'm going to go from like, I'm going to do 30 minutes of HIIT workouts every day, Monday through Friday. But if you look at what you're doing now, it's nowhere near that. And even if you're like, it's just 30 minutes, I can do that. If I commit, if I have the willpower, I can do it. But the thing is, is like what you don't want to happen is if the brain thinks, let's let's say you get that first 30 minutes and it feels good, like you finish it, you you do it, and maybe you're on track for a while. But if the brain starts to associate that as like, whoa, that was really hard, that was very different, there's going to be a lot more resistance to it. This is why micro goals are so important, like little baby steps. Like if you've read, you know, James Clear's um, Atomic Habits that I freaking love, he talks about like two-minute versions of things. And the reason why is because when you do that, when you do like a two-minute version of thing at first and you kind of take a sample of it, your brain is like, okay, Hmm, that's not too bad. Doesn't feel too awful. And you kind of like trick your brain into doing something. So my whole point here is you don't have to start all big with any of those dreams that you want to work on. If something came up for you when I said, if you were to pass, would there be any regrets about things you didn't do? Those things that came up in your mind that you've been wanting to do still in your life, whether that's improving your health, your relationships, your career, whatever that thing is, the other projects you might want to work on, whatever that thing is, you can start small now no matter what is happening in your life. I really do believe that. Like you can prioritize that somewhere. So I like to say the best time for this kind of stuff really is early in the morning. Why? Because you know what happens as the day goes on. There's stuff that is just going to take priority because it is in a lot of ways more important in those moments, like something the kids need, a work thing. It's like time sensitive where you can be like, oh, well, that dream or the other thing I'm working on, that workout, whatever that is, that's not as time sensitive. So what I would suggest to you is that even if this means you're getting up earlier, you better work on that evening routine. We have some episodes on the show here about that morning and evening routines and make it so you can give yourself a little time. I'm not asking for a ton right off the bat. In fact, I don't even think that's smart to do, but just a little bit for yourself. I'm talking about like a five minute workout. If you're trying to work out, I'm talking about five minutes of writing. If writing is a a goal for you or journaling or mindfulness or the small parts. And so what the work I did today with a client is we talked about what would be, because she's going through a really busy season in her life and wanted to prioritize her career switching work. So I said, what would be the good version the better version and the best version. So we kind of craft that that out. So let's say in a week, like 
what would be a good amount of time that you've been working on this? Like that's usually the good version is usually the version that's like a little bit better than like it's better than doing nothing straight up, right? So that's the good version. And the better version is somewhere in between that and the best. So what works for me is when I start with the best version and then I break it down to the good and then I find something in the middle for the better version. So it's good, better, best. And you can use this with everything. The reason why I'd want you to do this is because I want you to think about your brain. So if you look at the research, the research shows, I talked about this when I mentioned Katie Milkman's book about like changing your behavior for good or whatever. I always forget what it's called. That book. It's really good though. But she um, talked about how we often think that consistency is like the key. Consistency is the key. You hear that. Consistency is great. That's important. But actually what they found when people actually follow through, it's more about flexibility than consistency. You're more likely to follow through. Why? Because our, we like to have an all or nothing mentality. Keep it real with yourself. You know this when you're like, like either you did all the workout, the workouts that you wanted to, or you ate the most healthy as possible, or you failed. It's like one or the other. It's like a black and white mentality. Either you did everything you wanted to do or pretty much you did nothing. You might as well because you're a failure now. Like that's what we do to ourselves. The brain does that. That is normal. Most people act that way. So we know that. So we know we can sabotage ourselves in this way with this all or nothing mindset. It does not serve us. So progress over perfection, hashtag progress over perfection all day long. Hashtag every little bit counts, like I often say. So this is where, though, when we talk about not sabotaging yourself with this all or nothing mindset, this is where the plans come in, where you're being flexible. You prioritize that. You have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. That's what I'm talking about when I say good, better, best. So let's say like you tell me that you want to be healthier. I always go back to the health examples because they're easy to understand. So you might say, I might say, okay, what does that look like? What do you mean by that? And you're like, well, I think I, I want to work out like every day, Monday through Friday. I want to get some strength training in because I know that's important to me and I want to go for walks too. And I'm like, okay, so what would be like the best ideal thing that you'd want to happen? And you might say 30 minutes of my HIIT workout and 30 minutes of jogging or walking outside. Okay. And then we would go back and look like, well, what would be like good? Like, you know, better than what you're doing now, but you like you could call it good. I guess if I did like a five minute workout, like at least I did some strength training and I went for a walk for 30 minutes, maybe that would be good. And then the better would be in between. Maybe it's a 15 minute hit and then my lunch break, I go for a walk, right? You can do this with anything in your life. You can do it with your eating. I did this the other day because I have that all or nothing crap that shows up in my mind where I was like, I'm going to eat really healthy all week. And I had an idea of what that looked like, right? And then I had um, some ice cream. It was, I actually ordered um, I was like, what's the smallest amount of ice cream that you can get? Like, I literally just want a bite of ice cream, which I should have just asked for a sample. But anywho, um, they're like, we have like the dog size where it's like in a little cup and it's like even smaller than the kids version. I was like, give me it. So they gave me this little dog version and I ate that ice cream. I, did, I took like three bites of it because it was way too sweet for me. But anywho, I was like, oh yeah, that I did not, I wasn't healthy all day. Like when I like looked at it and evaluated it and I was like, but that would totally make it in the better round, like based on my categories I created for myself, my plan A, B, C. 
because the good would have been like, you know, um, I drink drink half the amount of water I wanted to, like or my typical gallon or whatever I drink, and then I had. I don't know, something healthy. But like the better version was I drank all my water that day. I had, um, I think it was a smoothie or salad or something super healthy for lunch. Um, Went for walks. I got my steps in. And then, okay, so I had some ice cream. Like I still make it in the better. It wasn't like the full ideal of where I was like, oh, I'm not having sweets at all this day. But like I was still, when I looked at it that way, I was like, "Eh, I'm still proud of you. Like you still fell in the the plans, right? And that's what you got to do to your brain. It's like tricking it. It's like plan A, B, C. So you could do this with any area of your life. Good, better, best version. Just letting yourself think through that and then taking it to a whole nother level. What I've been doing is I will evaluate my day. So at the end of the day, I will write down the things I'm tracking. Like if there's a big area in your life, you decide what it is. Like think about that dream. Like if it's for me, let's say one of my dreams, writing my book. So what's a good version of like my goal? The better, the best version. Ideally, what would I want to happen for me to work towards that? And I kind of like backtrack. I come up with my plan A, my plan B, my plan C, right? And then like at the end of the day, I can evaluate that. So like pick the category or the thing that you want to move forward. That thing that we were talking about that you were like, oh, I'd have regrets that I didn't do that, that I didn't have that kind of health, that I didn't have that kind of career, that I didn't have that kind of relationships. And it might also look like, Another thing is like how much time you spend on something. It may look that way too, like where you're like, so it would be ideal if I spent five hours this week doing that thing. So it might look like the timing of it. So this could look different, the good, better, best version. What I'm doing too is I'm also creating like a schedule for my, like an ideal plan of the week. And I'm going to do a different, like plan A, plan B, plan C, the good, better, best version, just because I'm having a conversation about it. That's pretty in-depth and detailed. Like you don't need to go to that, that step. But I'm doing that because it's something I'm going to be using to really like look at my role and things like that. So it's helpful to be like, ideally, I'd want this to happen, bare minimum, this kind of thing. Um, the other thing to think about with this work is it's like, I want you to think about to plan A and plan B and plan C for like the day. Like let's say you want to work out and you're like, ideally I'd like to do it in the morning, but let's say you stayed up late. Maybe there was like whatever, whatever reason you stayed up late. And then it was a domino effect that next morning you slept in and then you didn't get all the stuff, the morning routine stuff that you wanted to get done. And then you start feeling bad about yourself like we do. But this is where I want you to have a plan B. So this may be like, normally I work out in the morning, let's say. But if I don't, for whatever reason, get up in the morning, then I have a plan B and I will squeeze it in during lunch. Or then during lunch, I'm for sure going for a walk. Like you have that plan B or plan C. You need to have at least a plan B with anything you're working on. Because life is such. Like I also think about like if you plan your week out, creating a buffer day or a buffer chunk of time so that you can put anything in there that maybe didn't happen that you for sure wanted to happen. And at the very minimum, I'm going to put some of our episodes out around like planning your week and stuff because a lot of us struggle with that. Um, I've been hearing that so much lately. But bare minimum, you want to get better about this? Just simplify it to this level. I want you to decide the one thing, personal thing that you want to get done this week. Where is it going to go in your calendar? What is one professional thing you want to get done? Where does that go in your calendar when you're planning out your calendar? When you plan out in your calendar, the non-negotiables are self-care time, 
that goes in the calendar. Time with people that you love. Fun time because you want to prioritize fun in your life or you wouldn't be listening to the show. So that needs to be prioritized in your calendar. Then you can throw things like the appointments, the work stuff, but all that other stuff, self-care, bare minimum, basic needs, that needs to be in the calendar first, I say, and prioritized. And then dreams, where you're going to be working on the dream, that needs to be put in the calendar. Um, At least be thinking through it. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have every freaking thing detailed out, which you're going to do each minute of every day. No, like this is about you thinking through this stuff. At least letting your brain picture of what it could like. If you look like, if you just did the good, better, best version, if you just did a plan A or plan B, like I'm talking about, with whatever the thing is that you have not been making progress on in the way that you want to be making progress on. And you know what that thing is. And we're done. We are done. Declare it now. Lord, listen. We are done letting the fear of disappointing people, what they'll think about us, yada, yada, or fear around what could go wrong. We are done letting that stop us from moving forward. And whatever it is we want to move forward on. We are done making the excuse that I don't have the time. Instead, I want you to say I'm choosing not to prioritize it. Because that's the reality, because you can even do a little bit of version of it, a mini version of it. You can have the time to do that because you have the time to scroll on your phone like we all do that. If you look at the amount of time you spend, a lot of us on our phone, the, you know, when you track it, it's horrifying. It's horrifying if you look at it for some of us when it's like, you've been on the phone this week for a million bazillion hours or whatever it is, you know? And you're like, how? Because everything adds up. Every little bit counts. So back to my husband's the whole Appalachian Trail stuff. Backtrack. And we'll like, well, it's, yeah, we're just gonna backtrack real quick. So the Appalachian Trail, you know, 2,200 miles, Georgia to Maine, all the mountains, ups and downs constantly. Like the Appalachian Trail don't play when it comes to like, if you're looking at the paths, like we would always joke about the fact if there was like another path, like another trail, it'd be like whatever one is going up is the AT. So disregard that one, you know, off to the side. So anyways, one of the things my husband said that he learned through this whole journey is he goes, he said, you can do so much by like just doing a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And it all adds up. Like, look at how far I walked just by walking in a sense a little bit every day, like more, little, 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 little. And it all added up very quickly. And that makes me think about everything that we want to do. Every little bit adds up. Every little bit counts. I love thinking that way because even when I like start to try to beat myself up and I didn't do X, Y, Z, full workout, whatever I plan to do that day, I'm like, every little bit counts. And you got five minutes, which can you do in five minutes, you know? Um, so I got to tell you, this is a side note story, but I didn't tell you this story yet, guys. So, okay, the scariest day of my life, hiking up the Appalachian Trail and we're climbing up Mount Katahdin and I had no idea that like it was a technical, like I had said, like where you had to like grab and pull yourself up. And I got really nervous. The first time I heard someone say, this is not, someone was ahead of me and she was like, yeah, this is not for those that are scared of heights. And I was like, dang, because I knew something was coming up that she was talking about. And when I got there, it was like you had to be pulled up 
And my husband grabbed my hand and pulled me up and you're like on the edge and it terrified me. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And that was happening throughout as you're going up. But I'm like, you're already up here, Ange. You're going to the top. So watch this boy summit, right? And celebrate with him. So, um, because you get right by the sign. And anywho, we went all the way up there. And then my husband wanted to take this trail down, down. It's called the Knife Edge Trail. So it's another path down. And I was already freaking out, guys. Like This is a thing that people, a lot of people don't know about me. Because you, you if you watch any of my pictures or anything, you know that I'm often on mountains and things like that. But I am terrified of heights. Like I'm the girl who like show me a picture of someone on the edge of a cliff and I will sweat immediately. Palms, all the things. Like I don't even want to look at it. Anytime my husband wants to go to the very edge of something, it makes me anxious. I yell at him. I say like, back up, just do it for me because it like freaks me out. And I'm working through that. I've gotten better obviously over the years um, with the work that I've been doing. But anywho, so I was already thinking about coming down that mountain. Like I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm terrified. I was terrified coming up here and it's scarier, you know, like for me at least going down. Because then you see what you're looking at trying to come down. And I was just like, oh, it just terrified me, the thought of it. And I kept telling him, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get down. And he's like, just focus on, you know, being here. It's fine. You came up here. You can come down. So we get to the other side of the, the mountain where you get to go down on the Knife Edge Trail. That is called the Knife Edge Trail for a reason. So um, very, you basically, <laughs> a big portion of it, you, you just climb straight up. Like on all fours, climbing. Wind blowing. They shut this hike down a lot if the wind is up a little too high. It's pretty sketch in a nutshell. As soon as we started walking over there, guys, I cried. Like when I saw it, I just started breaking down. I was like, I can't. That's the trail. I'm, I cannot do that. And I'm like crying. And and Ian's like, well, and like either way, we have to come down. And that's where my mom's picking us up. Like so we'd be miles away if we go down the other route. And you can do this like we'll be in between you because his dad is like an avid rock climber and he was going with us and he was like geeked out, super excited because he was like rock climbing. And I was all like, oh, I'm going to die. You know, like that feeling. All those feelings were running my mind. So I finally mustered up the courage and I was like, I, I got to get down. So I'm just going to do this thing. I'm just going to look in front of me. Whatever. So I started stepping down that path and then, then there was not much people over there. So this girl starts hiking back. And she looked pretty like outdoorsy, you know, like hippie outdoorsy vibes is what she was giving to me. So she comes back and I was like, how is it? And she's like, yeah, I just turned around. I just decided I wasn't going to do it. And I was like, why? And she's like, well, I got to that point over there and it just it was really hard to go down. You It seemed like you had to like rock climb down. And it's just like, yeah, I, it just doesn't feel good, you know. So I was like, well, that's discouraging, but I'm like, well, it's all right. I'm too late here, like on the path, you know? So guys, it was so scary. So freaking scary. It took me three hours to get through one mile of it because there was so much climbing. Like literally I was like punched over, like a hunchback, like trying to grab the rocks because I was so, I felt like I was so unstable. And then you finally go around the corner and it's literally like your shoe distance pretty much apart before you you like step off the edge and die kind of thing like straight up and then you have a point where you had to I had to climb down where my body isn't long enough 
to climb down, like actually grab a foothold. So Ian had to go down first and then lift up his hands to try to hold my foot. And I had to like rest on it to climb down. And you know, what was really funny is during that part, that climb down part, um, Greg, my father-in-law, he stepped in human poop, nasty human poop that was on the edge of the mountain because there was nowhere to go. I'm assuming someone had an emergency and just like went there because where are you going to go? There's like just rocks. It's just all rocks. Nowhere to get off the trail because the trail is like nothing, right? So someone pooped there. He stepped on it all over and then he was going ahead of me. So, you know, I have to grab the rocks, not just step. So not only am I trying to grab the rocks to come down, there's poop everywhere. Like in my feet and hands, I'm trying to like avoid the poop stepping, you know, with my hands. But at that point, I did not give a crap. No pun intended because I was like, I need to live. If I have to hold on a poopy rock, homegirl's going to hold on poopy rock because I just need to live. You know, that's what was happening in my mind. It was gross though. So we, we get down and there was another area going up another mountain, like legit rock climb up that one. And I was like, because the down, when you get down, just to put this in perspective, you ain't really down. You're just down on a part of a mountain. Then you're going up another one to cross over it. So I was like, is that where we're going? Because that's where the blazes were, the blue little dashes. And Ian's like, no, no, I think it's like a side one. We're not doing that. And it's like, yes, we are. Because there was a couple in front of us that was following the blazes up. And it's actually dangerous if you don't follow the trail. Because it could like break apart like the other area that you think, maybe I can go that way. You know, it could like break apart and not be stable. And you could like fall off there. So it's it's better to follow the trail and for other nature reasons. So anywho go up there, um, climb up there. And the other girl that was ahead of me, shout out to my teacher friends that I met, if they're listening. Um, she was having a hard time too. Like, so she had tears, all the things, struggling, doing all of it, like mentally, just like I was. And when she got to the very top, she said she sat down and just cried. And I think it was because you just hold on to all that fear. I felt the same way. Like I just wanted to get up there and just sit and be like, well, you know just like let it all out because I was in survival mode and I know I could not have cried like when I was climbing because you kind of go in survival mode where you're like no you're not gonna freaking cry because then it'll, like you'll have no sight and you'll fall off the mountain and die and you're like subconscious is like taking over so anywho guys I freaking did it I did the thing and it was one of those things like Ian was like you're are you so proud of yourself and I was like no like I mean I was let's be real but it was so scary to me it was hard for me to be like so proud of myself like I was like I'm just like still in shock and freaking out about it but it was I wanted I'm excited that I get to tell you guys this story that excites me that you get to hear and I got to work through that fear and I did it and um would I do it again no probably not I'm <laughs> just keeping it real I would not now knowing how terrifying that was to me but I'm like happy that I knew that like I was telling myself while I was doing it like I was praying I was like you gotta be with me you know if it's my time I guess it's my time right let me die right away let me not feel anything like I had this whole conversation with God and then I was like um but I was like I can do like I kept telling myself you can do this Ange other people have done it before you you can do it too why not you they have bodies just like you. Some of them not even like as healthy looking, you know, this person over here, morbidly obese, and he did it before. Like, because there were some people that I had seen on the, I was like, whoa, that's like, I was shocked that they were doing it. But I don't think they had the kind of fear that I had around it. And really, I think any physical level, like as long as you 
you know, are focused while you're doing it. I think you can just slowly do it. Um, but anywho, I want you to think about that, though, in your life. Because a lot of times we make this excuse that it's like, oh, they can have that kind of life. They can make that kind of money. They can do work that they love. And it's like, why not you? Like, are you not as special as that person? Because I bet you are very smart, like, right, very resourceful. You can do it, too. And the thing that's holding us back is like the belief that we can't, the story that we're different. We love to make up stories around how we're different, how it can work out for them, but not us, all of that BS stuff. So that was helpful for me to like think about just giving myself the encouragement and be like, I can do this. I'm strong. And like keeping focused on one foot at a time. Remember back to the things like one step at a time, every little bit counts and you'll get through this. You don't have to look way like crazy ahead and be like, you know, like then you're going to like freak out looking at all around you. It's like just keep focused on what's in front of you that one step at a time. Um, It was funny, though, because my father-in-law, he kept saying like he tried to like hide how like sketchy it was. Like he was going ahead and kind of like telling me where to put my foot, foot and my hands. And he would be like, OK, when you get over here, like just just keep looking out in front of you, okay? Don't look around. Just look in front of you. And I was like, <laughs> you know that sketchy is F over there. Like, that's what you're trying to tell me in other words, you know? <laughs> Anywho, it was a good experience. And I'm glad I got to share it with you because I lived to tell about it. All right, so we got to recap real quick. What was this episode about? In a nutshell, this episode was about you really thinking about if there would be regrets if you were to be on your deathbed. Are there things that you want to work on, you want to create, you want to do, you want to improve that maybe you haven't taken progress on as much as you want to yet? Yet is the key word because the reality is you're still living right now, right? So you get to do that now. So then we're thinking about if you are going to do that, what is that thing and what's a version of like your good, better, best version of doing that thing? What does that look like? Think about that. Good, better, best. Ideally, you'd like to do this. That'd be in the middle. This would be better than what you're doing now. Think about that. And think about, too, maybe your plan A and your plan B. Maybe you decide to work on it at X time. But if that doesn't work, you got plan B. You got another day in the week. You got another time during the week set for it. Because we're going to be intentional about how we live our lives and what we do with our time. Because we are not going to be the people on our deathbeds wishing that we would have done things differently amen can I get an amen you know speaking of that um no I won't tell you that story I was gonna gonna tell you guys about this story about Ian and I had tried out going to this church to visit in our new town and it was one of those things where I was like the same for me like I like that I'm still shopping I'm always like shopping around to see what feels best and in alignment with me but the specific one, like, man, do, does great work, hands down, for so many reasons. So I ain't hating on that. I'm just saying, like, when I was there, I was just like, right away I knew it wasn't for me. And I was like, no, I don't want to stay the rest of the time because it's like, I know I don't want to stay here. So I looked over at Ian. I was like, okay, honey, I think I'm good. Do you want to leave now? And he's like, no, that's like, I don't, I'm going to wait because I don't want to be rude. And I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and all the things. And I was like, but if you think about it, I was like, my intention here was to see if I would like this. And I got my information that I needed so I can step away now. Like, you know, because I'm trying to do that more in my life. Like instead of like giving all my time to something that I know I don't want, that's not in alignment for me. Why am I doing like I don't want to do that anymore in my life. 
And is it because, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint someone. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to like, no, this is my life. Like I'm not trying to be like selfish human being, but I want to live my best life. And I know that I got to think about like my time. So that came up. So now I'm trying out another um, church that I'm interested in. So I'm excited about that. Um, but anywho, I, I just had, I don't, I don't know why. Why am I sharing that with you? I don't know. Just feel like it needed to come out. In a nutshell, being true to yourself for reals, for reals around anything. Even if someone will think it looks bad, I want you to think about what you want for this life that you have and be your own best advocate. Because I know you'd be up in here advocating for everybody else at times. But what about you? All right. On that note, I hope you have an awesome week. Let me know if you like this episode. Reach out. Uh, you can email me at angmbarnard at gmail.com with any feedback. Say hi, whatever it is. Um, leave a review if you haven't. That's it. I'll see you next week. You're going to have a mini episode coming up. Talk to you soon. Bye.